Hello. Um, Happy New Year. Yeah, 2015. Um, It's not here yet. Uh, I'm doing this just between um, New Year. Um, But I just wanted to say hello. Hi, guys. Um, Just thought I'd pop in between Christmas and New Year. Say hello. Welcome back. Here we are. Yes, it's Talking Bollocks. A surprise. It's not a surprise edition, really, is it? I kind of told you about that. But hello, welcome um, to this special little short edition. I uh, just wanted to give you something a little bit between Christmas and New Year. Like fucking four and a half hours of the thrash special wasn't enough. I am bringing you some more inside information from the ancient world of back in the day thrash metal. So um, yeah, this is a special edition with my old friend um, uh, Jem Howard. I, I suppose you could say boss as well. He was the um, he was the label manager at Music for Nations all those years ago who signed us. Um, and um, and here we go. Here we go. Um, it's going to be pretty, uh, pretty cool. Um, one amazing thing uh, that I don't think it made it on the, the interview. I hadn't listened back to it actually, but I don't think it made it on. Was Acid Rain were the only uh, only band that they ever signed from an unsolicited demo tape? How's that? Quite depressing if you're listening to this and you used to be in a band back in the day and you were always sending demos to record labels. Um, yeah, pretty fucking rare, I think. Um, but um, well, I've, I've kind of skated in here without doing the traditional intro, haven't I? So, here we go for those new... If, if you're a new listener and this is your first time, um, what the fuck? Um, you need to go back and listen to a whole load of other shit before you get to this point. You should really, you should not be allowed to for this to be your first ever um, episode. But um, hey, here we are. Yes, welcome. It's Talking Bollocks. I am your host, Howard H. Smith. Doing a usual ramble intro as normal. I have been doing stand-up a long time. Character Keith Platt. Been doing Talking Bollocks a while. Used to be in Acid Rain. Um, UK Thrash Band coming back live in your face in 2015, motherfuckers, yo! Um, hello, yes, this is the kind of shit that you have become to... You, you've come to kind of know and love, hate, never heard before, whatever. Um... Uh, you can find me, Acid Rain, Keith Platt, Talking Bollocks. We're all on Twitter. We're all on Facebook. We're all everywhere. So um, welcome, you know, come join the party anytime you like. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Um, and what has been happening in the world of metal since I last spoke to you? Not a lot, to be honest, because we're right between Christmas and New Year. You you find me, um, in, case the, in case the acoustics sound a little bit different to they normally would, um, you find me in the house where I grew up. Um, you're actually finding me in my, in my old bedroom. How spooky is that? This is where I used to pose in front of the mirror and, and uh, pretend to be whoever, pretend to be Hetfield or pretend to be Fish from Marillion, who's probably my all-time musical hero. Um, or, you know, so this, and, and, and I had the good sense to do that posing in my bedroom, on my own, without anyone knowing. I didn't pose to music and then put it on YouTube like some fucking dickhead. Jesus Christ, I cannot, still cannot get my head around people actually put videos themselves on YouTube of them miming to songs. That should be done in the privacy of your own bedroom or wherever, and no one should ever know. Videos of people singing into hairbrushes. Never going to get my fucking head around that, no matter how long I live. Um, so, yeah, this is this is it. This is where I, I discovered music. This is where my passion for music... Um, was was nurtured. This is where this is the room where I first played Master of Puppets after getting home from the record shop with it. 
Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's um, it's it's kind of who would have thought all these years on that I would be sat here doing this and and talking to you all you guys about it. It, it is it's it's fucking bizarre, frankly. Um, but anyway, here we are, and um, and and we move on unabated. Um, so yeah, not a lot has been going on in the in the world of metal since we last spoke because obviously, um, well, not it hasn't been that long, and not a lot happens, uh, uh, um, you know, over the Christmas period in anything, but certainly not metal. But anyway, um, what has happened is I went to see um, I went to see December the seventeenth at the Forum in London. I saw uh, Creator. Oh, good lord, lovely, fucking awesome to see Creator again. Um, just brilliant, and it was just, it was just, it was fucking ruthless German efficiency, they encored with Number of the Beast, which for some reason was spectacular, I loved it, it was great, um, my only slight complaint is that, is that they, they've got a pretty awesome back catalogue uh, creator, and I, d- I don't really think they, they, they drew enough from the back catalogue, it was, um, there was, there was extreme aggressions, um, pleasure to kill, but there was, there was a lot of, of, of real sort of, Fairly recent. I, d- I don't know. I mean, I you know, I'm, I'm old school. Maybe I wanted just a little bit more old, older material. But um, there was still some cool stuff. They played Hordes of Chaos, which I, I love that album, and and which is very cool. Not so keen on Phantom Antichrist, um, but it was it was an awesome show. They played with um they played with a backs or with a um uh, uh, screens constantly changing behind them like a, a video feed, and that which was very very cool. They played one song. Um, and I didn't know the song, but they did. But it, it, behind was um, I didn't know the song, but yeah, some fucker's going to tell me, aren't they? Um, uh, it, it, the screen was just constantly changing. And it was basically people in music and metal who died, um, and everybody from Keith Moon to Cliff Burton, from Ronnie Dio to um, uh, the dude from Guar. You know, everybody got a mention. It was it was really cool. It was really well done, and. Um, and yeah, it was just it was it was a really cool show. Really enjoyed it. Um, sounded great. Looked great. Um, <coughs> excuse me, bit of a Christmas cough there. Um, but um, all of this was prefaced by fucking arch enemy. And I'm sorry, guys. Look, I really I I I tried. I gave it a try. Um, but I don't know that, that, that lead singer man. <sighs> Yeah, uh, yeah, really. Just because you do devil horns every five seconds doesn't mean that you are a fucking metal. Yeah, um, it it was just I don't know. It was just it, it, I I maybe picking on 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 the front woman uh, 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 unduly. I just thought it just she just looks so staged and wooden and oh, better throw this pose now and now throw that pose and now throw it and and it was it was. But having said that, the, you know I. I I am focusing on Julie on the front woman. Rest of the band weren't much better. It re- it really did look like to me like people just doing right. I now do metal pose number three. I now do metal pose number four. I now do my uh, throw the throw the um, throw the devil horns because I only need one hand on my guitar at the moment. And now I do the fucking <coughs> hell. <coughs> oh, sorry, I don't know where this has come from. I've been all right. And I've got, I haven't got my traditional glass of water next to me, which I would normally have. So what I'm going to do. Um, to try and stop this ticking cough, is, is how rock and roll is this? Is have a have a glass of Bailey's. I've got there's a bottle of Bailey's to hand here, so I've just poured myself a little Bailey's. 
just, uh, yeah, you know, how rock and roll is that? Not very rock and roll at all. I am your heavy metal granddad. Cheer, cheers, everyone. Mm. Right, I hope that um, kills the tickle. Anyway, sorry about that. So, yeah, um, yeah, the whole Arch Enemy thing, yeah, it, it just felt really staged, really, really... Uh, you know, Creator was ruthless German efficiency, but they were fucking there in your face, and I just felt that... It just felt a. It just felt like I don't. Know, I don't want to say this because it's 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 a really lazy summation. But a bunch of posers. It just did. They just really, really didn't do it for me. Um, and and also, bearing in mind I was already in that headspace after watching them. Oh fuck me! They would not fuck off. They overran by fifteen minutes, and. If they if they ended their set once, they ended it five fucking times. It was like the Lord of the Rings trilogy, you know, the the Return of the King, the final episode where you think, oh, what a great ending. Oh no, a fucking another ending. Oh, another more endings than Lord of the Rings. These fuckers. It was like, everyone was like, yay, yay, whoa, whoa, yeah, great. Oh, you're doing another song. Oh, right, because you really were acting like your set had finished then, um, and then <coughs> <coughs> fucking hell, Bailey's hasn't done the trick, has it? Hang on. Hmm. And then it was, and then it was. Oh right, we finished that song. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, great way, way. Oh, they're milking it. Yeah, yeah. Well, right, yeah, cool. And it's like, oh right, yeah, you're still milking it. You can fuck off any time you fucking like now. It's all for fuck's sake. Fuck off. I've had enough. I was I was trying to be civil. I was trying to just go. All right, fair enough. You know, I haven't really enjoyed it, but you've put on a show, and a lot of people there had enjoyed it. I mean, you know, fucking hell. As usual, I am so not tuned in with everyone. Um, yeah, they're going down really, really well. You know, people clapping all the way to the back, and I'm stood there thinking, if you fucking don't end on this chord, I'm gonna get on stage and beat the living shit out of every single one of you. Do do do. Right, I'm off to the stage. Here comes the shit beating. Honestly, it really did feel like that. Eventually, they fucked off. Oh, no, they didn't. The the house music came on and the house lights came on and they were still there. Still on fucking stage milking it. Still there going, oh, yeah, 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 you know, you know, shaking hands with everyone and doing that horrible, I fucking hate it when bands get together and they do that, like, they do that, they all get together and they do a group bow. It's like, what is this, the fucking ballet? Are we flowing, are we going to throw flowers to you? Fuck off. This is a metal gig. Go on, do one. So they, their gear was getting broken down by the road crew. The house lights were on. The house music were playing. And they still hadn't got the message that it might be time to fuck off. So um, they did eventually, and then Slayer came on, and uh, Slayer, what the fuck, I, what, what a cunt. After all of that, after all of that, I then go, and then Slayer came on, what a dick. Um, then Creator came on, showed everybody how it should be done, and uh, it yeah, it was just, it, it was awesome. Um, it, it really was, I, I loved it, uh, loved, uh, yeah, it was great, it was lovely to see him. Um, what else been happening? Um some of you may have seen on the uh, the Talking Bollocks Facebook page, and I tweeted a picture out as well. I was complaining about the mainstream mainstreaming of metal, and uh, and I got my I got given a bottle of um, uh, Blood Red Slayer wine for Christmas, and all of a sudden the mainstream of metal mainstreaming of metal oh, it's not so bad, you know. I'm kind of liking that, kind of loving it. Um, and look, guys, there's something bugging me, and I'm going to have to say this, and this is is uniquely personal, um, and but I. 
I never kind of, I, I try, I, well, not only do I not edit interviews, I don't censor myself. And sometimes I say things I regret on here. And sometimes I, I let you all in on more than you'd care to know about me. And, and, and I, you know, I, I, but that is this, that is what it is. Um, I, yeah, I never go back and edit this and take things out. Um, I always, you know, the interviews are unedited and all of this bullshit is obviously not edited. I mean, Christ, who would fucking, you know, who would deliberately put this shit out unless it was meant to be. Um, but, um, what I'm getting to is, um, a very good friend of mine who I've known for, for 25 years, um, who's in metal. Um, I went round to his house on Sunday and it was, I, I, there was a, there was a de- definitely a bit of an atmosphere, but, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, him and his good lady had, um, uh, were, were, um, I, I, I don't know, maybe there's some friction there, but whatever. Anyway, it turns out um, I am now persona non grata. Um, um, and it's such a shame because um, this guy is... Uh, uh, there, there was no big fallout or anything. I, I, honest, I honestly don't know why. Um, but it would appear that this, this friendship has lasted all this time. We've been through some real fucking hard times together. Um, and I'm... Uh, I'm I'm off the list. I'm I'm out, and I and it's just it's unbelievable. It really, really is. Um, and it's really it's just it's just really sad. And you know, it's really put a it's really put a downer on on on, on my Christmas, and uh, and it's a real shame. But um, you know, we we live, you know, and we go on, and it's just wow. That's a lot of friendship, you know. But I'm hanging in there. I'm 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 hanging in there. I'm I'm determined to to try and um to try and have this this friendship come back um you know he's 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 an awesome guy and 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 really been you know we've like I said we've been through some shit together and and I I really don't I really don't want to lose his friendship I don't know how I have to be honest so I don't know how I'm going to how I'm going to fix this but um hopefully time um will will heal whatever wounds are there for whatever reason I don't know um but hey you know there you go like I said I don't mean to let you all in on than you, you you care to know about me, but this is just something that's going on in my life that I can't pretend is not going on right in my head, right as we speak. Um, so there you go. Anyway, look, um, um, and to that friend, if you are listening, I'm I'm fucking I really miss you, man. And and I don't know what I've done and whatever it is that I have done or you think I've done, I fuck I don't know, but you know this is crazy and and we should be mates that's the way the, the, the things are not right with the world if that's the case but hey that's uh, that's to you if you're listening buddy um yeah anyway look let's get into some um let's get into this this interview Gem and I sat around talked about the old days there's all sorts of interesting stuff in here Gem's a fascinating guy really cool guy known him for years he was my tour manager he's Metallica's tour manager back in the day, the day to ride the lightning and all the rest of it, and um, and it's a really cool chat, and um, I hope you enjoy it. So here we are, here is me having a chat with um, the one and only Jem Howard of Music for Nations. Uh, there we you go. Made it this as well. No, I don't. You don't. So, so, so if there is anything. That you, yeah, that's a brilliant first question. You well, do, no, no, no. You I'm do just, edit uh, this, don't you? No, no, no <laughs> it's, just, it's just that I get that a lot. Yeah, no. I, it, I, I always have to say no, because whatever... Um, what I've always said to every, I've said to like, you know, people who listen and stuff is... Um, uh, it, is it, it is what it is. Okay. So, so, interview with Bobby Blitz, a fucking tour manager comes in and starts talking and then tells this, tells this story about 
strippers and stuff, and Bobby's going, don't tell him, don't tell him. <laughs> so he's like, that's all staying on. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. I was gonna say it's what people want to hear, but you know, fuck it. I don't know. I just it's it's what I it's one of those. It's what I'd want to hear. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it, it's like live music, isn't it? You don't want it edited in the in the before before it goes out on the album. Exactly, you and everything. Gig. And everything that uh, yeah, um, everything is so edited and so distilled within an inch of its life, and has no. This, I mean, you know, the podcast is is refreshingly rough and ready. Good. Some people don't get it. You know, there's a review. There's a few reviews online where people said well, it needs a bit more. It needs a bit more professionalism. Well, fuck me, you're gonna be waiting a lot. You're gonna be waiting a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, well, no, it it is what it is. And I guess it's that um, <laughs> bringing the conversation right around. I guess that's almost like the sort of that was that was our kind of philosophy as a band in Acid Rain, which was kind of like. <laughs> You know, when when Kev Nixon turned up when we when we recorded the first album and, and he went, oh yeah, it'd be all right when you when you chop those bits of feedback out and everything else. We're like, no, no, mm. that, that all stays well, in. Kev. Yeah. yeah, 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 and uh, yeah, he wasn't very impressed. <laughs> but there you go. Strange man. Well, he'd probably just been listening to the Little, the little Angels um, album. Um, yes, that's bizarre. So, I think, uh, speaking of acid rain, here you go. Hey up. No. Um, showing Jem a copy of the um, Apple Core archives, which um, he was completely unaware of until, uh, until this evening. So, there you go. Obviously, Candlelight's worldwide advertising campaign passed your birthday. You did see the Zeppelin over London? Yeah. Apple Core Archives, Acid Rain, coming out this week. Yeah. Is Zart on it? Uh, yeah, Zart is on it, yeah, it's right. Um, oh, yeah, I found it now. Yeah, there you go, yeah, and, and Zermix as well. Oh, in the mix, excellent. That was a cracking flexi, wasn't it? <laughs> that was, um, uh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm sure I've told the story before. I, I still remember, like, being upstairs in my bedroom, having a rubble around, r- rummage around, and and finding all these outtakes and thinking, got enough for an album here. And I rang you, and I think it was about 10 in the morning, and you went, yeah, and I said, look, blah, 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 blah. And you went, yeah, all right, hang on, I'll get back to you. Because, of course, let's remember that, that our deal was dead now. You weren't our record label anymore. Right, right, we'd right. gone, yeah. it, yeah. Was, it was done. Yeah. You just hadn't heard from us, and we went, oh, yeah, we'd, 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 we'd kind of, we did a couple of demos, which you weren't that impressed with, and frankly, neither were we. Um, and Kevin Nixon was even less impressed with. So it was all just grinding to a halt, and I think we are going to, you know, it, I, I, I don't know if we'd announced we'd split up. We might have done. But, yeah, I, I, I rang you and said, oh, yeah, there's a lot. Well, hang on a second. Yeah, all right. And so I'll call you back this afternoon, and, and true to your word, two o'clock in the afternoon, I think it was about four hours later, you rang me up, and I remember you saying, right, we're, gonna, we're, do, we're up for it, we're going to do it on one condition... You have to call it the worst of acid rain, <laughs> um, and I and I just thought, oh, fucking great time. <laughs> good, yeah, good, and 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 that was it. Yeah, and it was, was uh, yeah, and Apple Core Archives, the same Steve Beatty. Where we just need a name now. I went, leave it with me, and then I emailed him back about four hours later. Went, the Apple Core Archives. He went, well, that's that then. <laughs> great, good. But uh, so yeah, and then and then the final ever show, and I had, and there was people reminiscing on Facebook today about the. Um, somebody said, um, oh, "I still remember that gig. T-shirts for a quid." <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, didn't we just we took all the stock, didn't we? Yeah. All the stock and just sold it off cheap. Yeah, yeah. t-shirts for a quid. Yeah, yeah. Sweatshirts two quid. That's right. That's and they right. were and they were stage diving at the merch stall yeah. in the fucking <laughs> foyer of the marquee. Fantastic. That was mental. They're great with you know, this. You know, give people what they want. I mean, everybody went along there, bought a t-shirt, loved it. You know, great, brilliant. Well, people are still talking about it today. You know, I mean, literally today. I turned up the other day and met Dave Ling and he had a Music for Nations sweatshirt on. Fucking hell, how's he managed to keep that in one piece? I don't know, but someone else said, oh yeah, I've still got one of those, they were really good quality. I, uh, I had one, it's died over the years. The sweatshirts lasted longer than the label. <laughs> <laughs> Astonishing. <The> sweatpants <laughs> as well. Yeah, and sweatpants and jammers well. and double thick ones. And, All sorts. And I've still got bags, I've still got an everything bag. Jesus. They just lasted, you know. If you did, it's a good thing to do, I think. Now, funnily enough, um, I um, I was reading a book recently, and uh, it, I know, I know, don't look at me like that. I, I've read more than one. Um, and your name cropped up on it. Um, and it was um, it was the End Tonight Mick Wall oh, yeah, yeah, Metallica. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I thought I, I thought I knew you, and I thought I knew Martin, and I thought I knew about Music for Nations, but right. I guess, I, I I guess I was too <laughs> too consumed by my own ego in Korea, um, to to have actually um, ever said to you, um, right? So you know what? And I didn't realise you guys were. I honestly thought that Music for Nations, Music for Nations, kind of just licensed Metallica, as it were. Um, and to a certain extent, you could say, well, yes, you did. But I wasn't aware of what a huge role you played in Ride the Lightning and financing it because Johnny and Marsha had run out of money. Yeah, that, um, that's as far as I remember. So basically that, that their career had absolutely, completely stalled or was going to stall unless they got money to record a second album. Well, yeah, because they hadn't taken off in America. They, I mean... The whole thing with Metallica was that the, the, the tape trading that had gone on at that time, they'd been, had been brought into Britain and Britain and Europe had embraced this new metal, whereas the Americans didn't quite get it because there were no Stetsons involved or something, I've no idea. <laughs> but um, so in, in, they, they come, they'd come over and done two or three tours in Britain and Europe, but still hadn't really done a tour of America. They'd only really were only really known on the West Coast Bay Area. That was it, really. So, from that point of view, Johnny Z was doing was was working on with his other acts as well, and couldn't put the money into the album and asked if we could finance it because we were earning money out of the band. And from our point of view, it was well, yeah, this first album's doing great business. So yes, we put in the money to do it, and they, as you know, they did it in. Uh, Silence yeah. Studios in, in um, Copenhagen uh, with Fleming Rasmussen and yes we, we financed it I went over there and made sure everything was going according to plan which of course it wasn't you know six weeks in hadn't got a drum sound so. well and some would say they still haven't got a drum <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, that's a force of nature isn't it that's a pure force of will creating one of the biggest bands ever and not actually being able to play. Well, I don't think they I don't think they were that bad. I no, mean, I, I think I think sort of Lars lagged behind everybody else uh, Maybe, maybe. I mean, oh, well you tell me, you were fucking there. 
I think it's it's like anything. If you're going to do the sort of the amount of touring that they do, they were racking up eventually two hundred, two hundred and fifty shows a year. It doesn't matter who you are; you're going to get pretty good at what you're doing, purely because of the amount of yeah. input you're putting Practice into. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that very often, um, providing the drummer is keeping some sort of time, whether he's with the beat, behind it, or on it, or up ahead, or whatever, providing it, it it remains constant, then that becomes part of what is the sound of the band. Yeah, uh, and it's an an amalgamation of all those parts. There are plenty of bands that have got boring drummers that are hugely successful. Yeah. I'm not going to name names, I'll get sued. But... Uh, I don't, not by anyone who listens to this. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, even John Lennon said that uh, when he was asked if Ringo was the best drummer in the world, said he's, he's not, not even, even the best, best drummer, drummer in, in the, the Beatles. Beatles. And funnily enough, I was thinking about that quote today and I was thinking, I wonder if James Hetfield got asked that. Because I've seen him playing drums. Well, you see, James is one of those people who always wanted to get in a, a singer for Metallica because he he didn't like his own voice. Yeah. He always said, we need a singer so that I can concentrate on, on guitar. And, of course, most people would say that his voice is one of the things that makes the band. But, but the thing is, at that, at that age, being the kind of insecure young guy that he was, once, and, you know, have, having been one of those... You know, young insecure guys with voices that everyone else hated. Um, uh, it, it's it, it's 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 just it's it, it, how how can I describe it? It's a fact mm. to you. Mm. It's just a fucking stone cold hard fact. Yeah. And if other people can't see it, then they're a bit weird. But you know that this is a fact. Yeah. And that like you know your voice sucks, and that's that's it. Well, I don't I, I don't know if if people do know. I mean, plenty of people sing and are terrible. And aren't successful because of it. But there are also an awful lot of people who sing who a lot of people think are terrible but are still hugely successful because that's that's the way that that it goes. I mean, yeah. it, it can be those little um, idiosyncrasies that make a singer loved by some and hated by others. Well, I mean, there are people yeah. who love... For instance, and I know he's not metal, Tom Waits, who has an extremely effective voice. And yeah. there are lots of people I know who love Tom Waits. Personally, I can't stand him. He's fucking awful. Yeah. Yeah. But there are lots I'll, of people I'll, that love him. I, I picked on Tom Waits because he particularly stands No, I'm out. glad you did because he ruined the Primus song Tommy the Cat. Right. When they. Oh, yeah. That, but that's another story. Um, but, uh, well, no, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it's um, it, it, well it, the, that vocalist thing come down. I mean, for me, Ronnie Dio has got you know who's the better singer, Ronnie Dio, Ozzy Osbourne. Well, every day of the week, it's it's Ronnie Dio. He's a better singer. Mm-hmm. He's got a better voice. He that well, not now, but obviously I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but for many many people, Ozzy only voice of Sabbath, only ever will be, and you know. It's, He's quite a lousy singer. He's a good vocalist. He's yeah, 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 a yeah, lousy yeah. singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's just got a style. Well, exactly. Um, and, 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 and it works. And, and I think there is a big difference between a singer and a vocalist. Yeah. And some vocalists are fantastic, but you'd never say they were a great singer. Yeah. Uh, it's well, thank way, you very much. <laughs> <laughs> it's the way they phrase things. It's the way that they put things together that makes it work. Yeah, and I think that's a very important part of it. But I also think that a good band is is a 
uh, is very often greater than the sum of its individual parts. Without a doubt, Slayer is the absolute fucking... That's the, that's the antithesis of that for me. Yeah. Great drummer, and we're talking about the original lineup. Great drummer, um, and the other three, you know, just pr- pretty average, really. Yeah. But you, you, you know, you put all of that together and you can't knock it. Aston- um, astonishing live. Stunning yes. live. Yeah. Yeah, still. In fact, you know when you invited me to your um, uh, wedding anniversary and I couldn't go, it was about two and a half years Oh, yeah, ago. yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't, go, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. go because I was flying over to Germany to see the Big Four. Right, right. Slave yeah. Attack, yeah. Rams, Rax and Megadeth. Yeah. And met uh, my girlfriend there, um, who I was then with for well, about two and a half, three years. Mm. And my German girlfriend, so I spent loads of time... Commuting backwards and forwards to Germany. So there you go. Metal, still the heart of, uh, heart of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still at the heart of my love life. <laughs> so um, you did, um, you were at Secret with Martin, and you guys found, yeah. you guys, well, sort of found Metallica just kind of, why did they just turn up? It just kind of... Oh, I, as far as I remember, it was a case of uh, uh, tapes came in that... Uh, we found interesting. Um, I mean, the whole thing about a, any record label is it exists on two things. One, it, it, it exists on maybe picking up things that are around that um, either aren't being as su- successful as they used to be, in which case you can still generate some income from, from that, and picking up new talent, which the income that you've got in from something that was selling reasonably well, you can utilise on new talent to give them the lift. And, and people slag off record companies for making money, but anybody who invests money into getting a band some decent equipment, a van so that they can go and do gigs or whatever, those are the sort of very basic things that you start off doing so that the, the live music, that is, which, is, which is what you find interesting and want to capture and put onto a, re- a record onto a record or some description has to have behind it a working band who can recreate that live so they do need some decent equipment yeah and it allows them to go out and 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 work i mean one gig's worth 10 rehearsals i've always said that so to do those 10 rehearsals and then go and do a gig and then another gig and another gig and suddenly you've got 30 or 40 rehearsals and you've only done 10 because you've done those gigs it's yeah. it's that and that's what makes it good that's what makes it gel it what builds the chemistry and what creates the tight unit that that begin to entertain the public and that's what going back to what you were saying earlier about Metallica that's that's what kind of set them apart from 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 everybody else just the volume of work that they were doing yes absolutely absolutely gig after gig after gig we trucked around in, in vans and stayed in guest houses and all the rest of it at the start of it because that's what you do. And then yeah. eventually you take a sleeper bus on the road and you build up from there. I mean, you have to work at it. And, and, I, I, and I think it's quite important because people then look back, an artist will look back and say, well, you know, where I am today and the money I've earned, I paid my dues. I went out in that van yes. sleeping in on, the back of, on top of the equipment while we went along the motorway at night and then got to the next place to play a gig, you know, had, didn't actually shower for several days because there wasn't anything available. All of that, they look back, as been as paying their dues. And 
it's when you just throw money at something and, and take a band and elevate them to a status with all the, the, the things around them, and they never go through that, that they then fade and die out because they haven't worked to get where they are. Yes, they don't appreciate it, no. they think it'll always be there. That's right. So with, with all that sort of guest housing and all the rest of it, now, that, that was something that I wanted to ask you, because obviously you, <coughs> you um, <coughs> in all that time, it was the original lineup. so obviously Cliff was still alive. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, there's been, uh, there, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's so much discussion within kind of like Metallica circles and all the rest of it of, you know, what would they be like if he was still around? Was, uh, what, what, you know, was he this kind of personality that, uh, that folklore seems to have created, which was that it was almost, that he, w- he was kind of like the sensei <laughs> of the band almost, do you know what I mean? Um, it was Lars and Kurt, it was Lars and James, but he, he was a, a, a calming influence. Or You, you tell me, you were, you, you were there. Um, Cliff was, what's the easy way of putting it, Cliff was, was, was different to the other two in the fact that he came from a uh, very much a West Coast hippie background. And I think that showed in the way he, he had the flared loom pants and the and the the uh, long flowing hair and all the rest of it that, that sort of um, uh, made him stand out slightly. But he he also had this huge interest in a wide range of music, and it's one of the things that I've always found makes a real difference to uh, to an artist. If you have an artist where the only music that they listen to when they're travelling around is of similar artists to themselves, then they never seem to progress. Whereas if you have an artist who will, and as Cliff did, will put on Simon and Garfunkel and then play The Misfits back to back whilst travelling the van, you had this sort of idea that there was much, there was a greater breadth of music musical knowledge there and all of that is picked up and, and put together as part of of what the act ends up being. Uh, and Metallica are always famous for going on stage to Ennio Morricone, completely against what everyone else was doing. Yes, yeah, uh, so, yeah. They also had this thing of starting a lot of songs made with an acoustic guitar. And then going full out, they had a they had an idea of light and shade, and that's what breaks it up. Um, there's nothing wrong with the intensity of a cradle of filth that just seems to drive you <laughs> mental. That's fine if that's what you want, but it, but to be well rounded, you need light and shade within you. You need the spaces in amongst the intensity, which make the intensity even more intense. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's funny you were saying there about the um, about uh, about Cliff and this this sort of hippie kind of mm-hmm. uh, vibe because straight away hippie you just think yeah right laid back you know but also what you have to remember is that like, hippie and punk are very close together yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's all so. fuck the system and yeah, you yeah. tell me what to yeah. do and yeah. I'm just doing my own thing yeah so there was there was that kind of element there was there was there was that kind of element to him as well I guess because. It was very much well. uh, Yeah, there's this thing. I mean, the the hippie movement was 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 about 
love and peace and let's change the world through all of that and all the rest of it. Ten years later, with punk rock, it was a case of, well, that didn't work. So let's do it with anarchy let's, and violence. Let's smash it up. Let's yeah. smash it up. And it was that it was the opposite, but it was trying to achieve the same goals, which was basically freedom. That's yeah. what each of those and, and youth always does that throughout history. It tries to search for freedom and create its own path and break down the barriers of the establishment. Or post about it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. Yeah, 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 it doesn't, that's not going to happen again. No. Um, so, uh, yeah, he was, um, uh, so he, he was uh, just a bit different from the rest of them, basically. He, a, little bit, a little bit older as well. Was, uh, I actually thought he was younger. Really? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm actually I not think sure. he was 24 when he died, wasn't he? That was in... Uh, shit. Uh, that was Eighty six. Eighty six. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Eight years ago, this September. Yeah. The twenty seventh. I always remember it. Every morning of every twenty seventh of September, I have a start the day with anaesthesia, and then I'm off. Cool. <laughs> cool. I must have been. Um, well, I was I was a school kid at the time, and and I heard about it from a mate. Because uh, again, just things like this, trying to explain this to people who, um, uh, you know, I wouldn't ex even call young, but you know, that where where you have to explain that someone's heard this story and you couldn't just check it immediately to see no, if it was no, true. No, it was just, and the reason we all knew it was true was the guy that told us was the biggest Metallica fan in school. So. We are, and I'd given him the first. I'd given him the first acid rain demo about seven or eight days previous to that in Sheffield. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. write your own jokes. Um, <laughs> and um, how so? How did you? How did you guys find out about that? Did it just come through? Um, uh, I was at the airport. I think when I found out, I think I was about to go on holiday. Um, because we'd done the whole of the UK leg of the tour uh, and they were off to Europe. And from, this was the first tour where I didn't tour manage them. The first tour of Europe they did, I didn't tour manage. So from my point of view, once they'd left the UK, they were then in the hands of uh, licensees and distributors across Europe. Yeah. Uh, who would look after the press and all the rest of it that needed to go on around it. So it was like, all right, I can have a break now. So I then went off on holiday and I think I was at the airport waiting to go when I heard. Uh, so it was a, that was a bit weird. Yeah. Um, it was an odd start to a holiday. <laughs> it was just slightly, yeah. Yeah. Well, you'd have, you'd, have spent, you'd have spent a fucking lot of time in their company. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In oh, yeah, absolutely. Because that, I mean, because that was halfway through the puppets tour. So you've done the whole, you've done the whole gigs over here, yeah, yeah. sorting them out, sorting them out the European dates, yeah. launching, ride, recording, well, recording it. Yeah, and, and, and don't forget they were living over here for quite a period of time. We had a flat for them in uh, Earl's Court. Right. Okay. For a while, um, because there was there was so much that needed. There was so much, not that needed to be done, there was so much that where they were needed to do something. There were so many people wanting to interview them, there were so many things going on over here. And as I say, it, 
America still hadn't really broken for them. Yeah. Well, um, that was that was the the Aussie tour, wasn't it? Master of Puppets. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that pushing that. I mean, they broke America when Peter Mensch took over. I would say. Do you think it would have happened anyway? Yes. Unstoppable force. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Um, I think he accelerated it purely because his contacts allowed him to, to put them on the on the yeah. tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would have happened was they probably would have ended up doing a tour of America on their own in much smaller venues and then building it up from there. It would have taken them a little bit longer, but I don't think that there would, there would have been yeah. uh, any difference at all. But it's funny because after that, of course, it was almost like, right, Thrash Band breaks out of Thrash, supports Aussie, breaks the States. And then after that, you saw Megadeth, Anthrax, yeah. Slayer go out with Priest. They all, they all went oh, yeah, out yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and just copied that format. Well, it, it, um, it's what always happens in music is that the established, the the the, the people who break the mold become the establishment, yeah. and then the next generation that are going to break the mold start supporting the establishment in order that they can then become the establishment themselves. Yeah, it's always like that. That's the way it goes. Yeah. So well, yeah, it, it, rebels. Today's rebels and tomorrow's establishment. Yeah, youth always wants to kick out the old farts that are already there, and it will continue to do so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and then Metallica leave Music for Nations, yep. which, which I know you're still a bit annoyed about. <laughs> um, not, well, um, not annoyed, but um, a certain meeting went down that you weren't impressed <laughs> with, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, we were looking at... at but probably looking at taking on too much, to be perfectly honest. We already had the, 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 um, the recordings, we had the publishing, we were looking into management. Uh, and because they were... The, we've got to remember that they were American-based. Yeah. And therefore, it got to the stage where really they were thinking, do we want to just be a European band or do we want to be a big at home? And of course you want to be big at home as well. It's much more important to be big in your home country than to be big anywhere else in the world, to be perfectly yeah. honest. And, uh, and so then they went for... Um, uh, they looked at American lawyers and American management, etc., etc. And so that was the move that happened. And, and, you know, didn't do any harm. No, no. But then... The big, the big thing is right. Okay, so we've lost our biggest band. Um, how the you know how do you go about um, replacing potentially? Well, certainly the biggest thrash band at the moment. Um, and and the way you decided to do it was um, sign this band from Harrogate. <laughs> <laughs> well, <coughs> obviously not. Um, well, no, but we we always had. We always wanted to support uh, bands in our own country. Obviously you, you, you always, do. you always wanted to, you wanted to break properly a British yeah. band, didn't yes, you? Yes, and absolutely. It never quite happened, did it? Um, probably not. No. No. Um, no. It just, it, it just, and the weird thing is. But um, then, how many British thrash bands did break it? Oh no! I, I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to think in general because I mean, uh, Tiger Tales never really quite broke. Did no, they? no, no, no. They did all um, right. They had a few hit records and stuff. Yeah, but it never. I, I'm. It ne- but, but the weird thing is, what I was going to say is, 
I'm partly responsible for that. Acid rain are partly responsible for that. Because the the day that um, we met Reanimator and gave them uh, and took their demo off that we gave you eventually yeah, 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 and that yeah. you signed them on, yeah. Third on the bill that night, first gig ever, Paradise Lost. <laughs> Who went on to sell hundreds and hundreds yeah, of thousands and still and, and are still That's like you know, a big going concern. Yeah, yeah well, still. But you got us and we brought you. <laughs> <laughs> we, I mean, I suppose, I mean, the thing is, I suppose Paradise Lost were the biggest British band that we handle. Possibly Cradle of Filth. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what gets forgotten about. I'll tell you what gets forgotten about, which... which uh, you know, it, um, death. I mean, that just kind of that just happened on you, didn't it? You know, you took their stuff on, and they just they they were just selling shitloads. Oh, yeah, they were. I mean, the, the, a lot of those did. Death did. Dark Angel did. Cannibal Corpse did. Sometimes I wonder if they sold that many because they were on a label that had given. Uh, UK and Europe at least Metallica and Megadeth and Anthrax uh, and the Exodus Nucleus and all those I've just mentioned benefited from that and at one point we also had Slayer as well because we were looking after them just for the UK yeah yeah so yeah I, I without a doubt it was a time where you'd buy stuff on the strength of the artwork and the label or if the band were on a were in a picture on the, and they were wearing shirts of bands you'd heard yeah, of, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, as long yeah. as it had all those trifecta, you know, yeah. hit the trifecta and you had all three, yeah. you you you'd buy stuff completely completely blind. But, but even with all all with the big four, the first front cover we got on a, uh, a periodical in the UK was on Enemy. Oh, really? We got... Uh, I'd been hassling Kerrang! to do a front cover on Metallica and they were oh, they wasn't they weren't big enough and all the rest of it. And then I got a call from someone at NME who said, we want to do a, uh, a, an article on, uh, uh, on thrash metal, which really seems to be taking off amongst our readers. Meaning that, basically, they were regarding thrash metal as being trendy. Not like heavy metal, which yes. was trendy. Yeah. Thrash metal was a sort of punk metal hybrid, but then punk was trendy, had already been trendy. Then that's where the enemy pushed it, or that's where it set with, for them. So they did a front cover of the, of the four bands on enemy. And Kerrang went mad. Why didn't you offer it to us? And I just said, I've been trying for ages, you didn't take it. So I gave it to NME. And I think we got a front cover on every one of those acts within about the next six months. Yeah, I think <laughs> maybe less. The, well, it, yeah, but that's that again. That's what was happening back then, wasn't it? It was just uh, everybody realised that there was something going on. That there was something. Yeah, but e- even uh, uh, even <coughs> from something like Kerrang was still stuck in its new wave of British heavy metal and and couldn't break out of it. And that must have been. Five years after it had started, they were still really stuck in it. Yeah, and yeah. these new thrash bands were just a bit too punky to be there, you know. And then, and then they decided they're, they're old. And no, 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 we, this is really the new face of metal. So we'll put Prince and Kate Bush on the front covers. I never did. Understand. Well, what the, what they eventually ended up doing was, of course, it, it was. Well, it got his own fucking magazine, didn't it? Mega Metal Kerrang. Yeah. 
Um, because it, I mean, I remember talking with John Connolly on um, um, on one of the tours we did, and he and he said he said just remember, we're all hanging on to Metallica's coattails. Yeah. <laughs> John's not stupid. No. So I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> and he's like, we're all, they they open the door and we're yep. all walking through the same but door. But it, it, in actual fact, it's like that with, with every uh, new genre or mix of music that comes along. There's always yeah. there's always people that lay the path. There's someone that then go, takes it to the top and everybody else starts, copies what's there. Yeah, and, and what happens is... And the ones that only listen to the stuff that they're copying are the ones that don't go anywhere. Well, that, it, it's funny. It's like, you know, you, they, they grow out and they create a scene and then you have all the hangers-on who are clinging on desperately to the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they die away and the scene dies, but the bands who created it are still there mm. because they're bigger than the scene they created. Mm. They're not yes. part of it. No. They created it. Yes. So they can, but everybody else is stuck with it. Yes. Because this is what I always said about um, um, being happy with the legacy of, of my band was that you know people say, oh maybe if you you know if you you know should you've had so much of a sense of humour should you pissed about so much I was like well yeah it was only ever a problem for three or four journalists whatever yeah. but of course what I love about looking back on that now is that people writing those things at the time were so unaware of the fact that, well, and you'd expect them to be aware of it, having seen genres rise and fall before, which is, it doesn't matter what any of these bands do, if if this type of music starts going down, they're all going down with mm, the shit. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, and, and it was like us, Onslaught, Sabbath, within three weeks of each other, we were all done. Mm. You know, that's... One band who'd signed to a major label and swapped singers, mm. another band whose singer had left and make and you know, there's there's you know you can do whatever, but ultimately if the music if the kind of music you're playing is done, you're done. Yes. that's it. Yes, but those like I say you have and and again it's almost the same with 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 new metal the 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 royalty, you know the the corn the Slipknot the Linkin part that you know the people who went platinum and created it they're fine mm, absolutely they're fine but all like you said all the other clingers on yep. all of the other no no one's interested no, they're going to go yeah. and so many of those will, will very often have one moment of of brilliance and, and that was it yeah That's just trade off that one track that to the um Papa Roach, Last Resort, springs to mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would do it. Or, um... <coughs> Although to call it a moment of genius would be um, ludicrous. Oh, what was the... Uh, no, no, I can't remember the moment, so I won't go into it. That's all right, OK. Um, so, yeah, then... Um, uh, so we had uh, Death, they came... Did, you, did, did they ever tour? Because I know you were always trying to get them out on tour and Chuck was never keen on it. Do you know... I don't remember them ever touring with us, no. No, I don't. No. I'd have been there. Yeah, no, I don't remember them touring at all. Because, of course, yeah, they're weird, because you you had that whole three-album thing with them. Yeah. Spiritual Lady, and then the next album, Human, was on Roadrunner. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just kind of... Did that come from stateside, or... Or am I asking you questions 
that you once knew the answers to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're asking me questions that I'm not even I'm sure if I ever knew the answers oh, to. All right, fine. Um, quite often, I don't know, maybe we had three albums and then they went somewhere else. Yeah. Because a lot of the American stuff would have been licensed in, as, as you know, so yeah. we'd take it on for the UK and Europe. I remember you and John Connolly having a long talk in a bar in Holland on that European tour. When on that European tour, I'm posting, I'm pointing at a poster oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah, the yeah, European yeah, tour. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Nuclear assault, candle mass, dark angel, and acid rain. It could happen again, folks. <laughs> um, um, I know. I know. Um, and the um, you see Frank. You see the Frankfurt. 24th yeah. Volksbill Duncanshine. Yeah. The night before, the 23rd, was the night off when we and when we ended up in that massive fight. Do you remember a huge fight? Not... <laughs> no, not when, Goz, not when Gons got nicked and all right. that kicked off. That was a few days earlier. Right. This was... Um, yeah, we were all out and we, we, ended, up having a, we ended up having a big fight. Uh, was I there? Called and, um, I don't think you were there. But, but <laughs> one, of the, one of the drivers got... His head was cut, he had to go to hospital and get stitched up. Mind you, there's so many people stitched up. I mean, I can imagine, yeah, yeah. And not just bands. I remember having James's hand stitched up at one point. Oh, fuck. Now it's. um... So, anyway, I remember you and John having a conversation, and John was determined that he was going to talk you into um, uh, licensing Ludicrist. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, across Europe. Yep. And um, <laughs> and you were like, no, no, it's not going to happen. It's, no, I think we'd already no, we that must have already been gone through because we yeah. we tried, and it it wouldn't happen. They didn't want to go with us, or they. Or, or I I something. know. I well, let, let me see. Oh, okay. Let me see if this. Uh, I remember it because I think I've got a dog in this fight. Right. Okay. Right. Um, they wouldn't. They didn't release the fear. They turned the fear down for a US release. They released Moschkinstein right. on cassette and vinyl, but then when it came to the fear, they turned us down for a US release. Who did? Um, Combat. Oh, right, yeah, okay. And I'm not saying it was tit for tat or anything like that, um, because I'm sure it wasn't, but um, I, there, was definitely, there was definitely a feeling at the time, I remember speaking to Martin, yeah. there was definitely a feeling at the time, oh, it's like that, is it? Yeah, it, uh, you know, because we've been, we, because I'm sure, because I, I think there was, a, I think things were said, or maybe disparaging things about our particular release. I don't know, mm. but I think there was a, I think there was a little bit of a feeling at the time, and I'm, speak to Martin next week and ask him okay. about this, where there was a little bit of a gentleman's agreement of, well, if we've signed it, yeah, we're yeah, 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 we're yeah. saying it's okay, yeah, 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 so you release it, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a bit of a, you know, trust in our in our judgment, yeah. Um, and vice versa. Yeah. And and you know you expected you know just the typical standard you know right it's out right th- now it comes out of there and it didn't. I think they... I think that's one of the things that we always found a problem was actually getting any of the of the British thrash and stuff that we were doing released in America anyway. Um, and I, I think that's partly the way it goes backwards and forwards across the Atlantic anyway. The way that. You, Right, the going right the way back to when rock and roll came over here from America, and then the the Mersey beat went back the other way, and the British invasion, and it it sort of goes backwards and forwards throughout history. And at that time, 
the feeling in America was that sort of the majority of British rock bands were just being poor imitations of American bands. I'm not talking about no, the thrash yeah, era, no, but, they were but very, very much that sort of let's do rock music with an American accent. And but, yeah. it's about as interesting to America as Dick Van Dyke's Cockney accent in Mary Poppins. It's one of those, just it doesn't work. No, it's absolutely, it, it, uh, it, it, you look at, go back 20, 30 years, go back however many years you like and look at the, look at British acts that broke in the States. Mm. They've all got one thing in common. They are all quintessentially British. British. Yes, absolutely. Why would we buy a knockoff of what we've yeah, already got? We're right. better at yeah. that than you are. Yeah. But if you want to go over there and break it, you've got to yeah. be yourself. You've yeah, got to absolutely. offer something they don't. Which is why the British acts that have broken America, like Depeche Mode and The Cure and Coldplay. Coldplay. I mean, they are, yes, they're, they're very much dull British. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, yeah, and, and Oasis, not so much. No, because it just wasn't dull enough. Um, oh, I don't know. Yeah, okay, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I've done, done it. I don't know why it's sounding like yeah, standing up for Oasis. Yes. Um, I'll tell you how dull Coldplay are, or cold sore, as my friend always calls them, um, is that when Bono's ill, Chris Martin stood in, that's how dull they are. Fucking hell, I'd never do that. Yeah, this last week. What? Oh, hang on, what happened? Oh, Bono broke oh. his arm in in cycling in Central Park in New York and has been in hospital having operations and so they carried on the gig with Chris Martin and on vocals. Don vocals. On vocals. <laughs> I was going to say, do, I was in the Chris Martin. Who's Don vocals? <laughs> he better be a singer with that Jesus, I didn't know that. Honestly, well, there you go. Um, you learn something new every day. I did. Um, I might have made it up or dreamt it. No, but, no, I think. No, but I also think Bruce Springsteen sang with them as well. Which oh, I, fuck me. Uh, right, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 a um, bit creepy. Uh, and um, so, yeah, we, we don't know what happened with that whole combat thing. I think they just. They just no, went, no, but there was. Not fucking happening. There certainly was some. Uh, um, uh, it was combat. Relativity, wasn't it? There were, there were certainly some um, mm, um, uh, there was some falling out. I would yeah. say at some point, because we we got some. We took Steve Vai from them, right? Okay, uh, and Satriani. I was just going to say, didn't you? Satriani. Yeah. Um, so that whole. There was a huge guitar era, wasn't there? Yeah, there. well, I remember going to see. I remember, I remember going to well because Kev was in love with Joe Satriani. Was he? Yeah, Kev and Mimi both in love with uh, in love with <laughs> Joe. Mimi, remember her? Yes, I remember. Mimi. Yeah, she was. Uh, she worked at the label, by the way. Just thought I mentioned that. <laughs> um, yeah, and and uh, uh, and yeah, Kev was in absolute love with him and all the rest of it. And and so we, yeah, I've, I've seen two or three of his shows mm. um, when we were down in. Um, when he played the marquee, mm-hmm. um, when he first came over, um, and that was there was, was sort of changing of the guard a little bit, wasn't there? Because um, there was a bit of a vacuum left when Thrash started. Because the, the thing is, like you you, was, you could still sell bucket loads of mm-hmm. Cannibal Corpse and shit yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. but Thrash, as it were, were like you know sort of bands wearing jeans and t-shirts, yeah. and uh, yeah, it just wasn't happening anymore. It, well, it, it sort of fractured into lots and lots and lots of things, and it was sort of 
it became quite difficult to know the difference between thrash metal and speed metal and death metal and black metal and doom metal and sludge metal and grindcore. And grindcore. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I heard the term grindcore until it had finished. <laughs> there you go. And you would so people seem to be spending more time deciding which pigeonhole to put the band in than actually listen to them. Well, it's funny. It's funny you should say that because Kev and I had the very same conversation um, when uh, when we were in Acid Rain, and that is exactly how Apple Core was came brought. about. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It was because it was it, there were so many yeah, hardcore and core was yeah. popping up everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you make your own. You're always going to be kings of that job. Yeah, right? absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, but you're right; it but did. You just hope someone else would have joined. <laughs> oh fuck that! No way! No, no, no! Big fish in a small pond, motherfucker. I'm happy with that. Uh, the, um, what was it? The because um, um, someone, yeah, somebody said the other day on um, on a Facebook page or something. They said something along the lines of, "Oh, like you know, like death." death metal killed thrash or or the UK death metal scene killed thrash and I think uh, I was saying I was keen to make the point no it didn't thrash died all on its own you know it, it was terminal it's just at that same time it well it kind of died and as it died I'm going to make really stretch the metaphor it decomposed <laughs> yeah into the earth of metal and from that decomposing earth came Lots of stuff like grind and I mean I don't know maybe it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't really work does it doesn't hold water old songwriters don't die they just decompose <laughs> <laughs> there you go yeah <coughs> but I, I, I think that's what happens I mean music does has always done that music has always had a each genre has had a slow death you there are still rock and roll bands around even though basically died at the end of the 60s yeah. there are still rockabilly bands about there are every there is still new wave of british heavy metal so, bands so do you about. think there are still beat groups so there's still so, psychedelic do you, bands do you think in 20 30 years time they'll they'll actually it's weird i was going to say that you'll see a band all in their like brand new jeans with the high tops and and exploring guitars playing thrash but actually it's already happening um and and in, in parts of eastern europe certainly in south america um, there is, it, it, it's, it, it's kind of still, not new, but it's still revered to the extent that people want to capture that and, and, and have their own new bands now doing that. It's like I was talking to the guys in Onslaught and, and they were saying, and they were saying, oh, like, look, we'll take you over to Eastern Europe. They'd fucking love it. And I was like, I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. I've heard they, they like, they like thrash out there. He's like, no, no, no. UK thrash. If we mm. go over there and we take you, and it's the UK thrash special, he said it'd be, it'd be fucking brilliant. He said it'd be, it'd be so. And I, I, it was a while before I could get it through my head that what he was saying was, was that there was actually a um, a lot of people who were fans of British thrash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed, because having always been the, you know. The, not even the second cousins, the third, fourth cousins removed of, you know, the big four. So everybody else is further down the food. You, British thrash, let's face it, back in the day was, as you've said about the States, perceived as a bit of a joke outside of the UK, really. Mm. But now, all these years later, it's not. No. And, and people have got... And it's, it's kind of really weird. 
Well, it, I suppose it's because it stands as a genre on its own, and and, and which it, which it didn't because it was just a copy back then. No, but, but you see, English music has always had a little bit of humour in it. It's part of what makes it interesting. I think. I mean, they they do. It does. Yeah. Well, that's why Nuclear Assault was so kind of different as well because they had a sense. Oh, of that's humor. absolutely. You know, the one-eyed smiley faces for music for nukes and all the rest of it. Yeah. 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 Oh, very much so. Yeah, and and it was it was it was never overstated. It was always quite subtle, but there there was. Well, that's probably why they did why they did quite well in in the UK because they they had that that little bit of quirky humour in them. And John was I I always remember John being really funny. I remember um, we were we were going to go on tour with them, and they did the they did the Slayer South of Heaven tour first, the city halls, mm-hmm. and then when we went we went round the. The next level down with them and did those halls. And I remember going to see him at Newcastle City Hall, and he was, um, and he just did, he just did the whole gig for the guy doing follow spot. Do you know what I mean? And he was like, <laughs> "Hang in there, brother." And he's like, "You know, I've done it. Hey, everyone, say hi to the guy doing the follow spot." And I've done that job, shitty job, man. And he he basically in between songs, the whole gig was for the guy who did the follow spot. And it, but it was fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were loving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Everybody yeah. was just going, yeah. like, "What a top man!" Yeah, you know. But that, again, that's that. I think that I also think that's the other thing British people like, which is they like to see people in a in a in a position of power subverting it. Yeah, and having humour and being a normal person. Oh, Brits always support the underdog. Yeah, and someone someone being normal. We yeah. like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, you're right, and and that's that's helped by being on the east coast of America rather than the west. Right. Okay. I'm sure that sort of you know New Jersey, New York, Brooklyn, all that sort of area throws up a much more uh, international like cockney, like cockneys in a way. That's so, you <laughs> right, know, that's okay. sort of slightly silky, <coughs> rough. Uh, working class blue colour humour. Yeah. Basic, down to earth. Good people. Unreal, yeah, absolutely. I've seen The Wire. I know what, I know <laughs> what, I know, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you feel me? <laughs> I haven't seen The Wire. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure you'll get around to it eventually. Oh, probably, just yeah. get yourself yeah. a video recording and you'll be laughing. <laughs> I just can't get the tapes anymore. So did you... Um, it's it's funny looking back on all those years and um, uh, and, and it, it's it is just a, it's a different world obviously in so much shape. When you went on to do Dreamcatcher Records, was that kind of like a, a, a step down, as it were? A uh, step sideways, really. I mean, Music for Nations was, and uh, um, we'd had. I think we'd had the best years. I mean, oh, hang on, sorry. Before we leave Music for Nations, I did. I did put. I was coming for a curry with you. Yeah. On the Facebook page of the, the podcast, which is called Talking Bollocks, by the way. Okay. Um, doing a great job, Jamal. Thank you. <laughs> and um, uh, it, I said, anybody got any questions? And the usual, like you know, um, actually, one question, which was really, really funny, which I really liked, just said, um, just it just said. He is, isn't he? And that was it. And I looked at it and I just thought, that's somebody 
with uh, Ride the Lightning in a sleeve. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Jem is credited as Jem Fat Bastard Howard Tour Manager. In fact, just to go on a complete tangent for a second, when you um, when you rang me and said like you know we've got the tape, we really like it, we'd like to sign you three yeah, yeah, yeah. blah, and I was like, okay, that's great, all lovely, thank you very much. I put the phone down, and we all went off and celebrated and all the rest of it. I had a dream that night that. Um, uh, oh no, that was it. I t- when I came back from when I came back from selling tape demo tapes, I'd just come back from a record shop in New York, and I got to the house, and my mum and my mum spoke, which was at the door. She goes, "It's been a phone call for you." It's been a phone-. And I said, "Yeah, yeah." And she was going, "It's from Music for Nations." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." From somebody called Jem Howard, and I and I just remember thinking, "That's Jem Fatbuster Howard <laughs> from Ride the Lightning." <laughs> so we got so so we, you know we went off and celebrated, and, and that night I had a dream that. Um, I rang Music for Nations the following day to say, right, okay, you know, we've 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 all had a meeting and we've agreed to, you know, we've agreed that we should, you know, we will come onto your record label. Uh, and they went, who's this? And I was just like Howard Smith from from Acid Rain, and they were like, right, okay, um, so so what do you do then? I was like, I'm singer in a band, the band, yeah, Acid Rain. Right, and, and who are they? Are you, you going to send us a tape or what? And I was like, no, no, no. I, I, Jem Howard rang me yesterday and said that we... Oh, yeah, sorry about that. It turned out that Jem Howard was a robot. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, this is, this, is how, this is how deep... This, this, this is how deep I have to go to fuck up my own dreams coming true. Yeah, Jem Howard was a robot, a malfunction yesterday, <laughs> and rang a load of bands who were shit. <laughs> um, so, so it's like, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that, that was that tangent. Um, but uh, so yeah, you took a step sideways. It, it kind of. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the, I can't remember what was going. I mean, I got really bored by that time. By the by the time that I left Music for Nations, it's one of those strange things. You you go into this sort of. Uh, uh, you start this record company with two of you and a secretary and and you do everything. I mean, Martin and I did everything. We we went to gigs, we listened to tapes, we packed boxed up records we, that we had pressed, we sent them out, we got people picking them up. We did absolutely everything that you have well, we, to do. Well, we came to the Carnaby Street offices because yeah. you were still there yeah, yeah. when we first came. And, yeah, it was fucking chaos. Yeah, and we... Um, all of it that was just was boxes, like, I yeah, remember. Yeah, boxes everywhere, boxes everywhere. And then, and so, you know, uh, we did everything that needed to be done between us. And then as the company grows, you get in someone who's going to do all the picking and packing of your stock. So it's, that bit's taken away from you. Then you get someone in who's going to do your press for you and then someone who's going to do your radio and then you're getting someone else who's going to handle the touring arrangements and blah, 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 blah. And I went into work one morning and I looked at it and I thought, I'm in the music business and I've got a meeting with the fire officer followed by one with health and safety. This isn't where I want to be. Yeah. And it's because you end up in that, in a sort of, managerial position yeah yeah and everything that you enjoyed you've given to 
younger people. people to look after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're left with the shit. It's it's the death. It, well, it's not a death. It's the it's the same problem that British industry has in every yeah. single level. Um, in a in a business I used to work in. Um, we um, we got taken over and we did a whole load of analysis and one of the problems that was happening is and it's ha- this still happens in most companies is that um, salespeople the really good salespeople rise and rise and rise and become sales managers mm. why what if you're really good at sales mm-hmm. what suddenly makes you good about managing a load of other people who are good at sales yeah, exactly because all you've ever had to do is hit one target and mm. you did that by not giving a shit about who else hit theirs. Yeah. Now you're responsible for 10 people's targets. Mm. Why? Because you're good at sales. Well, that doesn't make any sense. So we had to create loads of positions for people who are really good at sales and didn't want to go into management, but to be able to earn the kind of money that they would if they got into management and senior management, because you just want to keep these people doing what they're good at. And that's what they want to keep doing. You started this off saying you weren't going to do any editing. I think you've lost a lot of metal. (laughs) Yeah. We need to get back on tack yeah, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ch- chop that section out. <laughs> chop that section out. Well, it, 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 that, it's, that, it's that same kind of like, um, uh, yeah, I don't know, sort of business kind of, trying to look at any kind of problem yeah. and solve it. Yeah. That's, how, that's how you end up being a 17-year-old kid and managing to get in your band signed. Yeah. You know, in other words, a bit mental. Yeah. Um, the thing so about the thing about you end up far, what the point I'm making is I know what you mean. You yeah. end up as far away. What you do is you go along giving all the good jobs away, yeah. and yeah. all you're left with is the shit. You, yeah. you, what you were doing was you were a fucking building manager. Yeah, that's what you end up doing. And you know, oh look, what's happening with the fire extinguishers? I just did because at the end of the day, most record companies, independent record companies, are run by people who have no idea what they're doing. And the only reason they're doing it is because they love the music. Yeah. And that's, once you lose that attachment to the music, then you're just doing the sort of job most, the sort of job an awful lot of people have to do. Yeah. Which is actually essentially quite boring. Yeah, and not why you got into it no, in the first place. and not place. why you get into, into something that you perceive to be exciting. And it is, it's fantastic. It's great. And I've had a great life doing it as well. But getting back what, to what you were saying about Dreamcatcher was we'd also, after the whole of the, the thrash thing had gone out, we then went and licensed all of Frank Zappa's products. Oh, of course. So yeah. we well, hey, had, you were doing that through we, MFN anyway, weren't yeah, you? St- it actually probably started about 88, something like that. 87, 88, you know, late 80s anyway. Uh, and that was a massive amount and then he died and we lost that catalogue and you just I think you start to lose the um, to you get older and you start to lose the ability to know what you need to be getting what you need to be looking at right um, and you're you're saying right okay so what's happening now in music and you're looking at it and you're thinking I'm actually a bit far away from what's happening at the moment. Well, it's almost like if you have to ask that question, it yeah. means you don't know. Yeah, that's right, absolutely. And you don't know. Yeah. You realise that you've be, you've been working in your own field and you, and you're not even listening to what is what is coming through apart from in a very narrow narrow field. Yeah. Um, and it's what you've heard before. Yeah, but also, isn't there a, isn't there a, a 
added to that, isn't there another feeling of, oh great, that's another fucking great catalogue we've lost. And after a oh, while, yeah, you just yeah, think, yeah. so you take something new on, yeah. and it's like, right, so I wonder how long we've got this before we get yeah. fucked. That's right, yeah, yeah, there yeah. is that as well. Um, and I don't think in the last few years I was there, there was much that came through that uh, excited me particularly. Um, I'm, I'm itching. To, I'm itching to know. <laughs> Just name some of those bands who you weren't very excited about. I, I'm, I'm only joking. In me. Well, I wanted to say that, but <laughs> I. Um, <coughs> I never, just never. I never saw it. I'm afraid. No, no. not for a fucking second. No. I'd... Although they've they've reformed and done some stuff. Have they? Something done a gig or oh, I don't know. Joy. But um, no, d- did absolutely nothing for me. No, I found. I mean, th- that's not to say that I didn't find some of the stuff that come comes under the category of emo. Uh, there was some stuff I found quite interesting. In me wasn't one of them. Uh, yeah, I didn't mind some of my Chemical Romance. I didn't mind some Same of that here. stuff. Some of my Chemical Romance reminds me of Queen, actually. Certainly, the uh, the Black Parade. And, f- and if you listen to this and thinking that, I, that I've now ruled my fucking taste of music out, fuck off. <laughs> you, are, you are allowed to listen to different stuff. I think it's important you listen to, to different stuff and then you uh, appreciate what, what you like much more. Yeah, um, well, yeah. Oh, God, that was something I meant to mention. Um, I, well, I was going to say I didn't realise, I, I don't suppose there's any reason I would, uh, would realise that um, you were one of the uh, the chosen few to go and um, see Metallica being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes. How was that? Or did you go first? Or yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Um, it, that was. Um... How fucking surreal. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten. Uh, yeah. It was. Yes. It was odd. Um, it, it was particularly odd because I had to wear a dinner suit, which sort of didn't really. Seem to fit in with the, but then that's Americans for you, I suppose. You know, if you're not wearing a dinner suit, you're not dressed properly. Yes. If you're going out for that sort of thing. Where's your tuxedo? Um, so it, it was. It was great to be invited. Um, I mean, from the point of view that I think, from, uh. I think they invited something like 250, 300 people, um, most of whom were flown in from various parts of the world, lots from Europe uh, and from America and, and well, from everywhere, really, all over. Uh, they flew everybody in, they put them up in hotels, uh, they paid for them to go to the, the actual induction itself, um, they had on the night before, they had on uh, a party night at the House of Blues. Um, so you couldn't really, I mean, it, it, I, I've no idea how much it cost them, but it wasn't cheap for them to do it. And I, and I just felt that, I mean, it was what, um, it's almost what you would have expected from them because they're generous in their, in their thanks. They, they respect what people have done for them and acknowledge it and that's really good that's great actually um it was enjoyable I, I mean there were lots of people that i saw there that i hadn't seen for ages there were several people who uh um 
uh, I, I was quite humbled actually. A guy came up to me and went, oh, hi, Jim, how are you? And I looked at him and I had no idea who he was. He was a sort of 50-year-old, bald um, guy with a pot belly who I hadn't seen since I'd employed him to be a roadie for Metallica, a guitar roadie for Kirk, in probably the mid-'80s, uh, when he was a skinny young teenager with corkscrew hair. Uh, and he said, it's Andy. And I went, oh, Andy, right, great, how are you? He said, oh, brilliant. He said, oh, fantastic. He said, you changed my life. And I went, whoa, hold on. <laughs> he said, yeah, he said, uh, after that tour we did Metallica, I said, yeah. He said, well, Kurt took me on as his full-time guitar tech. I've worked with him for 30 years. Not something that I'd acknowledged. No, not and something now, that you'd be aware he'd of. He now left and he, uh, he'd now finished and uh, he was now, he got married and was living in Chicago and working at uh, a school for disabled kids teaching music and stuff. And I, and, and you just go, oh, you know, I'm, wow. <laughs> I, I just thought you were a good roadie. <laughs> I thought you were a good guitar kid tech and they needed one, you know. Yeah, and, no one knows where it's going to lead. And then I bumped into someone else. Well, hey, Jim, how are you? You changed my life. I'm going, oh, no, not another <laughs> one. And it was just went from there. Wow. Um, so those are quite, quite moving moments when, you, when things that you've done where you've just gone, oh, you know, I like him. He's good at what he does. Let's get him to do this for Metallica. You know, give him, give him a little run up, a kick up, you know. Yeah. School kid who was a... Was a um, who'd been writing a fanzine and we flew him out to America to do a uh, to do an interview and he's still living there you know uh, just <laughs> absolutely astonishing brilliant um, but, it, but the thing which is, is Stefan Shirazi oh right okay yeah so you know when someone like that comes up to you says you turn, and you're just thinking what it's it's uh, I suppose by in a, in a lot of things I suppose that any band that you take on and, you, and and become successful yes you change their lives but you but you understand that it's the people that you attach to those acts that go on and do something different of the way they thought they were going yeah that you that you miss because yeah. you don't see their careers yeah exactly you see Kirk on stage yeah, you don't absolutely. know it's that kid that you employed no a bit of, checking a, his cables no, and, yeah you don't so it's it's yeah it's uh that's quite rewarding. That, that sounds way. like a that sounds like a, a real a bit of a head trip for two days. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those things were um, were just a bit whoa, a bit of a sideswipe in a way. But um, I bet the actual ceremony was was a bit of a pain, wasn't it? Because it goes on for fucking hours. It goes on for a long while, um, and of course, there's lots of people there. That the the uh, there was Wanda Jackson was there being inducted, who's a sort of um, late fifties rock and roll rockabilly singer very you know, big in America not particularly well known over here she was great actually I have to say she was really good and there was um, uh, Jeff Beck was inducted as well so there was quite what was he like still dead I loved Beck a fantastic guitarist and there was a jam session at the end with Metallica Jeff Beck Jimmy Page uh, who I've always regarded as the tenth best guitarist who was in the Yardbirds, uh, and um, it was Jeff Beck who basically orchestrated it. He was the man they all followed. Right. 
which was quite strange in a way, but but good, really good, very interesting. Ah, so yeah, I mean, it, it's it's. Well, I was pissed by then anyway. So. <laughs> <coughs> Obviously, and I would imagine, and because of you, you and Martin getting some time to hang out together as well. Yeah, we see, still see each other quite often. Yeah, on a um, regular basis. So, what, what's he doing now? Is he still involved? No, he's, he's retired. Yeah. Yeah, retired and uh, living in the country. The man who discovered Twisted Sister, eh? Mm-hmm. Aren't they coming over again? I, yeah. j- I just read um, I read Dee Schneider's um, uh, autobiography. Oh, yeah. It's part one, anyway. I don't think you could cram his personality into one book. No. Um, and, um, yeah, he, he mentions Martin and that. It's quite yeah. funny, actually, when I was reading it. <laughs> it was very amusing. But, well, that um, was another band. I mean, Martin went over to America. He, he, he'd heard something, liked it, and and brought them back over here, and we recorded their first album over here. Um, and then they went on to Virgin, had a, a pretty huge career here, and went back and broke the States. I mean, it's... They were so unlucky, because they were one of those bands, they went... They've worked so hard for so long mm. and been ignored in America, yeah. and then they broke over here. Didn't the Metallica syndrome? Again. Mm. But they, it was it was the opposite that happened for them. They they come over here, they broke the states, and then it went off a cliff. Yeah, they did. And it, it was just, yeah, it's such a shame because Stay Hungry was was a fucking great yeah. album and all the rest of it, but. You know, they they should they should have been touring out for at least another eighteen months, two years. Well, they got into a very weird scene, didn't they? They were travelling separately. Dee was in a different car to the rest of the band, and they just got into some sort of one of those. I don't know. Weird under the star, um, and and of course they they. The other problem with Twisted Sister was that their on stage persona was completely different to their off stage one. Right. Well, they really were five businessmen. <laughs> really? Well, it's, um, that, that reminds me, somebody who's wanted to, there, there, there was a question, he wanted to know three things. Who was the biggest, um, uh, who was the biggest caner that you ever worked with? The person who just went out and just caned it all the time. From, presumably from a band. <sighs> Blimey. Um, that, is, that is one, isn't it? It'd be such a long list. Um, what was it? The Nick, the drummer from Cradle of Filth. <laughs> Nick Barker. Nick Barker. Yeah. <laughs> I um, hope he's listening. Oh, it's good. Yeah, no, no, no. Hey, yeah, he. Uh, we had. Uh, I remember we had a, a meeting. Just maybe to sign the contract, and we had some drinks afterwards, and. Um, uh, he had a routine where he would drink and drink and drink and then shout the word puke. Everybody would dash out the way and he'd run off to the toilet and be sick. So he probably caned it quite heavily, that's for sure. Um, what he from the exploited was always on something. Do you know what? He used to come every single time we played Edinburgh, and we played Edinburgh a lot mm. over the years, mm. we probably played six or seven times. Mm. He came, uh, we'd, get a, we'd get a fucking... Phone call from you guys, mm. regular as clockwork, day of the gig, what Watty gig? plus, uh, never met the guy. No? No. <laughs> Did he ever turn up? Oh, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Turn up, sit in the back with his crew, watch the gig, leave. 
apparently used to really enjoy it. Uh, but no, never, never came up, never said low or anything like that. But I, hey, look, we had the exploited on our guest list. Yeah, I'm yeah, not, no, no, I'm no, not no, fucking right. playing. Yeah, do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? That's that's <laughs> that that's pretty cool. Yeah. And and someone else was in there as well. Um, Ian, the first bass player, when he left at the end of that tour, right. when Mac took over for the yeah, Dutch yeah, states yeah. and Gaz disappeared. Yeah, we had. Um, uh, Ian was offered the chance to um, play in New Model Army, and okay. uh, and apparently New Model Army were, um, uh, were 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 fans of ours, which is just like yeah, fucking really what? Find yeah. this, you find this out all? Oh, no, I know, I know. It, it, it it's very strange. It, it, yeah, 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 it's, it really it, is. It, it, yeah. It's all a bit mental, um, but um, I don't. No, I can't remember why. Why did we suddenly end up there? I just oh, uh, it was the biggest caner. That was it. Yeah. Um, that, I can't particularly remember. Oh, Pepsi from Tiger Town. Well, I was just going to say he used to. Uh, he was quite a heavy drinker. He'd yeah. Get, he'd get trashed. Um, I, well, I remember meeting Pepsi. You know, the funny thing is, well, that now I always remember this is that. Um, uh, we we were mates with Tiger Tales and we thanked them on records and things like mm. that and of course there was this whole glam thrash thing and mm. it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, never yeah. the twain shall meet but we were mates of theirs and yeah, Twisted the, Sister would fit into that Tiger Tales glam rock thing. yeah yeah absolutely and poison and you know, yeah. you know. but we, we um, I remember Kevin and I Kevin and I left a um, we, we left a uh a corrosion of conformity gig in Bradford to go over to a to, to the Queen's Hall in Bradford because we were both guesting with Tiger Tiles. <laughs> right. I knew I think it was Creeping Death. So Kev got up yeah, yeah, yeah. the guitar and me and um, and me and Kim would share the vocals on Creeping Death. And then when I and I I went up and did um, I was living in Newcastle and I went up and did Peace Sells but who's buying with them. <laughs> Dived into the crowd and I think killed a couple of glamsters who weren't expecting me to be jumping <laughs> on stage. Um, but we, Fantastic. but we loved them. We got on really well with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And, but again, it was that, and it, it, it was the, it was the attitude. We were so similar to those guys because mm. we didn't give a shit, no. and they didn't give a shit, no. and we all just got pissed and had a laugh together, yeah. and it, and none of it, none of it meant anything. No. And I said the same with we were always really close with the Sabbath guys, and I think the reason is because that because there was no competitive edge whatsoever no. because we were at that end of Daft yeah. and they were that end of Serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. there was never going to be yeah. there was never going to be a gig they got that we should have got, and yeah. vice versa. Yeah, yeah no, Do you no, know no, what I mean? Yeah. Whereas the closer you get, the more kind of rivalries there can be there, and that, and that's the whole comedian thing. That's why. Comedians tend to be a little bit kind yeah, of yeah. No, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. you are effectively up for every one of my gigs. Yeah. and right back at you. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, and yeah, he, he, God, yes, he was, wasn't he? But of course, no longer with us, which is such a shame. But the the other thing is, of course, at the end of the day, everybody there is a musician, and they have a a, a conversation point on music instruments, equipment, etc., etc., which is completely relevant to what music you're playing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, so, so yeah. Two guitarists talking about, talking about yeah, what they, their setups and you know, stuff. And like one might be saying, oh, 
saw you tonight and you've got a great tone on that for that particular tone. How did you do that? You know, I'd quite like to use that sort of tone for something we've got. So we're just talking about those little tiny nuances within music that you can adapt. And as I said earlier on, listening to a wider range of music makes you better in your own craft. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, mixing with people who aren't playing the same music is, is important. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, the other question this guy had was, um, uh, I think it's Kane, who, <laughs> with the obvious exception, who were the, who were the, um, who, were the, uh, the who was the, or a number, the, the biggest dickheads that you had to work with? And we can't, and we can't say um, uh, Andy Black. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. I would never do any, um, uh, you've got to be talking about people in music. That's, that's, I don't know, dickheads. Mm, that's quite difficult in a way because, uh, very often um, success is is generated by extreme egos and all the rest of it, and that yeah. can be as much that can be partly a dickhead. There was um, I do remember the alien spaceship, the aliens invasion thing that we had with um, uh, Agent Steel, <coughs> John Cyrus. The singer whose real, real name was Camp, and took his mum on tour with him. Stayed up all night to do a poster of, with something like Atlantis, we have landed, uh, all coloured in and all the rest of it, and used it in a photo session, and had missed the end out of the word Atlantis, which meant that when we looked at these photos, we just went. What a dick. <laughs> because it was, I don't know, it was just... That's priceless. It was, it was just really stupid. And it just made him look really stupid. Yeah, yeah. You know, we are the men from Atlantis. <laughs> well, fucking hell, I'm remembering that now. Yeah, it was... I'm in, remembering the, that the, now. The photo was in Kerrang. Yeah. If I remember rightly. Yeah, the whole thing was a bit of a was a bit of a giggle at his expense, yeah. wasn't it? Whereas most, one of the things I've always found is the majority of people I've worked with in metal, um, the majority of them have just been, just been really good guys, and yeah. I'm sure that's down to the fact that the, the extreme, and the. The extreme, the extremeness of what they're playing, heavy, violent, aggressive, etc., means that they they take all that out before they 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 have a vent for it. Yeah, they yeah. vent for that sort of, for the for yeah for the testosterone <laughs> testosterone of youth. Yeah, is used up there. Therefore, they're quite laid back afterwards. Have a joint, chill out, sort of attitude, rather than. Um, some of the more macho images that you get from people who are uh, singing nice sweet ballads. Yes. And yeah. beat up the, the girlfriends. The, yeah, the prima donna style. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, look. Um, it, that's been um, that's been quite a chat. I think we've done. Uh, I think we've done ourselves proud there. An hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> that's an hour and twenty minutes that that 
uh, people out there are going to not have to listen to their fucking relatives over Christmas. <laughs> so, when, um, when you, do you say this is going out between Christmas and New between Year? Between Christmas and New okay. Year, when you really need something <laughs> to shut out someone, James Bond. When you relatives. really need someone talking about selling pyramids or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. True. Um, but um, uh, it's lovely to see you. We should yeah. do this more often. Not no, the, absolutely. you know, not, not recorded. That'd be weird. Um... But uh, and say hello to Martin for me when we'll you see do. him next week. That's awesome. Thank you very much, Jim. Okay. No problem. And there we go. That is the chat we had. Um, it was really cool. Um, we went we went for a curry, a couple of beers. I, I might be repeating myself here, but so uh, yeah. And then um, and then sat down um, in my flat. Um, we uh, and we did and um, yeah and we did the um, we did the podcast. I hope you. Um, Hope you enjoyed that. Um, some quite revealing things there, and um, I asked a couple of questions that have been thrown in by um, um, by listeners. Uh, one particular, sorry, dude, I can't remember your name because I didn't do as usual any prep for this. So sorry, but I did ask you a question, so hopefully uh, you're happy with that. Um, and, um, and yeah, it was just some just really cool. And, and there may be more, um, there may be more kind of uh, interviews like that coming up um, in 2015. I know. Um, uh, one guy I'm keen to sit down with and have a chat with is Malcolm Dome, who I've known for years and um, is, is obviously, I mean, you know, fucking hell. Just the name itself. If you don't know that name, go fucking duck, duck, go it. Yeah. And, um, uh, and, and yeah, Malcolm's just a fucking legend. So, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm guessing if you're metalers, if you're into this, then you, you, if you're UK based, you'll know him. If you're, if you, if you're well into your metal, well schooled, old school, you'll know him. If you don't know him and you're not, if you're outside the UK or everything yet, Malcolm Dome, D-O-M-E, um, you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll soon see that, oh yeah, guy, right, okay, yeah, this guy has spoken to everyone and, um, and been everywhere. So anyway, um, that's hopefully coming up at some point in 2015. Um, and obviously January's edition is, is not far, yeah, it's not far away actually, January's edition. Um, so, um, so yeah, that should be pretty cool. Um, I'm also, uh, I, uh, speaking to you doing the podcast for the first time, um, outside of my, not my normal flat, but also I'm doing it on a brand new laptop. Um, yep. I, I thought I, I took the dive into the sales, um, between Christmas, well, actually, <laughs> um, on, um, on Boxing Day, uh, and went and picked this little baby up. One terabyte hard drive with 12 megabytes of RAM. Woohoohoo! Oh yeah, and my nerd dick is getting hard. That's a serious fucking piece of kit. Um, so hopefully no more Steve Souza type um, crashes whilst I'm interviewing people. So um, yeah, I thought it was only fair that um, I do this um, to make sure the podcast is okay. And also I can write off how much it cost me against my Keith Platt uh, business. So that's... Um, that's worked out quite well. Uh, oh, hang on a sec. Hang on. Um, my mum's coming back from the supermarket. So, just shut that door so you don't hear a load of uh, clattering noise coming in. So, uh, anyway, um, so that was professional as usual. I'm, 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 you know, I'm really trying to keep this as amatory and um, pathetic as, as normal, um, just to, you know, see off the year in style. Um, so, uh, anything else been going on? No, I got, oh yeah, and uh, some of you might have noticed uh, the bit in the podcast there where, um, <laughs> where Jem said, you know, you don't edit this, you should probably edit that bit out where I'm going off about, like, sales and how business, yeah, look, the way I, the way I see it, as I say on the interview, and, and I, I, I di- I'll be completely honest with you guys, I really did, I did genuinely think about cutting that bit out, 
Um, uh, and then I kind of thought, well, as like I say in the interview, you, you guys, you know what I'm like. I'm just letting you in. That's like a little bit of a side, a different side to me that you might not have seen before, or you like already knew existed. Whatever. But I, I honestly, genuinely feel that um, if I start censoring myself or start chopping bits out here and there, um, you know, once it starts, where does it stop? And and. I ultimately I'm comfortable enough with who I am uh, for for you all to see me for who I am. I'm, I'm that's not a problem with me. Um, and so so why go in and edit and try and change the perception of who you are when that is actually who you are? If you see what I mean, uh, I hope I'm explaining that okay. But basically, what I'm saying is, look, this really is genuinely, you know, I'm I'm not going to fuck about with this at all. It is just going to be us guys, okay, and and. There's no editing, even if it's to make me look better. There's going to be no, no better. Sorry, there's going to be no. Um, there's going to be no editing going on. So there you go. So if you if you're hoping that this is going to become um, more professional or anything like that over the months to come, over the coming year, tough shit. No, it's still going to be this. But there you go. Um, so anyway, um, I'm I'm now going to um, I'm now going to throw in the um, the little surprise recording I did with um, with Craig from uh, All About the Rock. Um, this was quite um, yeah this was this was quite amusing. Um, I caught him off guard um, a, a little bit. Obviously, All About the Rock awesome website. Get down there, check us out. It's very cool. Um, and a shout out to to uh, my friend Matt Denny. Um, who is uh, not working for uh, for all about the rock anymore? Um, there was a little bit of a controversy over here. Uh, he cracked some um, fairly poor taste jokes very very soon after the Glasgow bin incident, um, and um, has since been the subject of way worse abuse. I mean, he's guilty of, of bad taste without a doubt. Um, very bad timing, very bad taste. As a comedian, I know um, that tragedy plus time equals comedy and that's why you have to be careful and he didn't allow for the time to pass and and thus has received some absolutely hateful abuse over Facebook. The kind of stuff that it, it, it really surprises me that people think that because somebody's cracked a really, really, really bad taste joke and he's admitted that absolutely but people then saying that people then making violent death threats i like you have lost the moral high ground at that point yeah if somebody's guilty of telling a sick joke they're guilty of telling a sick joke but you then sending them messages threatening violent deaths and hoping they die of cancer and wishing ill on their family and shit like that that you really have lost the moral high ground you've lost sight of who you think you are your moral outrage does not allow you to become worse than the people that you are so-called protesting about. It's fucking mental. Total double standards. Um, but, I, I mean, you know, Matt's paid the price, and he's paid a heavy price. Um, and it's right that he paid a, that he should pay a price. Um, but, um, and you know, he, he, he now realises what he did he shouldn't have done, and he's very contrite about it all. Um, and, um, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm supporting him. So if you don't agree, fuck you. Unsubscribe for all I give a shit. Um... Uh, it, it's just he, if you know his inbox was full of some of the most foul fucking abuse I've ever seen. Now whether you might think he deserved it, you might think he deserved abuse, and and maybe yeah, but it went 
well over the line and it was bang out of order but all about the rock have done i think the right thing of taking him out of the firing line um and he's been benched and he's not writing for all all about the rock at the moment but anyway you know solidarity brother um hang in there anyway um this on a completely different kind of take is craig getting caught out by me on the phone on a sunday morning a couple of weeks ago um i just need to add that i was um calling craig because he wanted a quote for the Acid Rain article that was going to come out saying that we were uh, rebooting in 2015, just so the first bit of the interview kind of makes sense because it drops straight in there. Okay, so here we go. Hey, buddy, all right? Uh, I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you very much. Marvellous, marvellous. So, um... You want a quote, do you? <laughs> cool, I've got a feeling something uh, sarcastic is going to be following this one. <laughs> Are you, you, you want you want uh, an exclusively sarcastic quote? No, I just want I just want a quote to finish off the article. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> um, what have you uh, What have you got so far? Oh, oh actually, that, that's bit, that's wrong of me to uh, sort of uh, question. <laughs> question you about no that. no I'll, I'll email it to you all over before it goes live obviously I want you to be happy with it before it, before it goes live so cool man thank you very much thank you right. um, I, I'm, I, I've, I've, funnily enough I've been trying to think of something because obviously I, I, I don't want to kind of give too much away about about what's planned not that there's fucking <laughs> not that there's anything planned it's kind of like it's, it's almost like an announcement of an announcement because you know, there's no sort of hard and fast um, dates in place or anything like that at the moment. So no. it's a bit weird. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what then. Why don't why don't I email you over what I've got so far, and then if you're happy with it, just as it is, then we'll just we'll just go with that for now. Um, yeah, I, I suppose it, it should have something. You know, there should be something on there. Um, even even if it's just um, oh, you know. Uh, yeah, looking forward to 2015. You know, uh, whatever happens, happens. Um, I suppose I don't. I don't even kind of want to announce the actual lineup yet because without a picture, it doesn't really make, make much sense. But um, no, that's it. but I suppose there should be something in there about the fact that it, it's kind of like there's there's only sort of 40 percent of the original lineup. Yeah. Um. But all the you know, yeah, and that but that new new members have all got are all connected to the um, uh, to the band and you know to, to Acid Rain in some way. I.e., one guitarist is my, you know, is, is my cousin. Um, the other guitarist actually played with Acid Rain on stage with us a couple of years back in the day, um, and 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 the drummer was was recommended to us um, uh, by um, by Jeff of Onslaught. Um, right. So it it all kind of you know it it, it all sort of ties in. Mm. So I don't know, you know. Uh, do you want do you want a kind of like a definitive quote, or do you want to kind of sort of? Do you want, do you want me to work with what you just told me, and then we'll yeah we'll brush it off and there. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we? Because it it doesn't yeah. have to, it doesn't have to be like you know. <laughs> fuck me! Is that that fucking dog? <laughs> All right, so you're you're it, 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 yeah, we're having a chat with Bailey. Um, 
while I've got you, mate, while I've got you, have you, um, yeah. you know, I put the call out for um, for top five albums of the year. Have you, um, have you thought about that at all? Yeah, I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be emailing everyone all about the rock to come up with us. Uh, mine keeps changing all the time. So what, what, what is, really, what is it, what is it today? Well, at, at this moment in time, even the new Slipknot album's in the top five now. You hated that. I did. Absolutely hated it with a passion. No, now I can't stop listening to it. I know it gets you like that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I, I, I took the time out not listening to it because I fell out of it, and then when I went back to it, I was like, right, empty head, start fresh, listen to it from scratch, and uh, I really enjoyed it. No, no expectations, no nothing. Uh, yeah, no, no, that's cool, man. That's cool. That's cool. So, um, so who else is in there? Because that's it. That's uh, in my top five as well. Yeah, uh, Machinist is in there. Uh, yep, Snap. Yeah, Exodus. Yeah, not 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 quite an honourable mention, but not quite. No, oh, that's my number one. Really? Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. Oh, cool, man. Cool. And I'm not 100 percent certain of the last two just yet. Not 100 percent on that one. So who's who who's in and who who's been in and out and in and out then? Let me just load up. Uh, <laughs> let me just load up the computer. I'll be a minute. Oh, what you? <laughs> you check. You, you got. You've got. To, you've got to check with yourself. Yeah, I've got to check with myself. Uh, <laughs> I, I think. I think the, the Kiss Love Gun Deluxe Edition might be in there. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, no, at the gates is in there definitely. All oh, right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and possibly Devilment. Devilment? Who the fuck are Devilment? Yeah, uh, it's, it's Danny Filth. It's his side project, and it's, it's really good. It's really melodic. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, either that or Rancid. Rancid was in there, and it's, it's come out again. I'm not I'm not too sure. Right, okay. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm completely missed out on those two, on um, on Devilment and, and Rancid. Oh, I'll send them you over. And Obituary was in there at one point as well. Yeah, no, I've heard it's, it keeps it, it keeps chopping and changing and and whatnot. I've heard really mixed things about obituary. It's like one minute it's in, one minute it what you know. Uh, so people saying, "Oh, it's great." It's you know, it's real return to form, and then other people saying, "Yeah, it's it's not any good really. It's a bit of a letdown." Yeah, it depends what mood I'm listening to. And if, if I'm in like, yeah, it's a brilliant album. It's back in there, <laughs> and I listen to it again. I go, oh, actually, yeah. Same shit, different album, and it's back out again. So it depends what mood I'm in. Right. Okay. That's interesting. So um, uh, none of the uh, none of the podcast favourites are in there. You know, misery index, <laughs> revocation. No, but uh, if I was doing the top ten, they'd be in the top ten for definite. No, no, well, you know, good, good for you, good for you. What about um, what about censor? <laughs> Not that it came well, out. Well, I suppose it was re-released in 2014, so that that kind of counts. Well, yeah, I've, I've had this debate with uh, Matt Denny. And he's he's saying <laughs> he's telling me I can't use it. <laughs> so my, my website and I'm not allowed to use it because it, it wasn't released in 2014. It was re-released. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like the Beatles re-releasing like Sergeant Pepper or something. They're saying it's your favourite album of the year. Oh come on! Let, let's face it, right? You and I know, mate, that the 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 number one album of the year. We're we're just dancing around it. We're skating around it. We haven't mentioned it yet, but. 
the the best album of the year without a fucking doubt with a country mile is the Apple Core Archives by Acid Rain. Of course. <laughs> wow, yeah. There we go. <laughs> That's it. In fact, I mean, let's face it, it's everyone's number one, really, isn't it? Yeah. Are we allowed to put that in, given that I'm not allowed to put censor in because it's a re-release? <laughs> well, it's not a re-release, is it? I mean, Stacked Up came out at, uh, in 24 it came out in 1992 um yeah. it's not a re-release it's it's a bit and uh, it's a bunch of re-releases and there's stuff on there that's never been released so you see look bailey he's up for it he thinks it's he thinks it's album of the year yeah yeah it's contributing <laughs> there now at this uh, um at this point craig i would like to th- i'd like to thank you for appearing on the um, on the January edition of the podcast, I have been recording this entire conversation. <laughs> That's not a joke. I fucking have. <laughs> so, um, so you're on. Um, th- th- thank you very much for playing. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much. <laughs> So there you go. That's the kind of hilarious thing that happens to you if I'm your mate. Yes. Um, so uh, that, yeah, we we kind of got Craig's top five there. I hope you um, uh, I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, I know uh, uh, yeah, Craig was in on it at the end there, and uh, yeah, it, it all worked out fine in the end. Um, so anyway, folks, we're uh, we're winding down. Um, as always, a pleasure. Thank you so much, as always, for continuing to comment, share, spread the word of Talking Bollocks. It's really appreciated. It really is. You know how much it's appreciated because I tell you all the time how much I fucking appreciate it. Um, but seriously, it is it is fucking cool. So um, so there you go. Um, heard a, 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 a good joke the other day. Um, oh no, I can't tell you that because um, it's it's from an it's from an interview that's coming next year. Ah, hey, um, so anyway, look, um, absolute pleasure. Hope you've all had a great uh, a great Christmas. You're looking forward to a great New Year. I'm going to be seeing it in with a bottle of Slayer Red, I think, um, and no doubt some raucous, raucous partying. You know, hookers blow the usual thing. That's you know, that's just my life, bro. Um, it's not, but there you go. Um, uh, anyway, look, um, as always, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for all of your support. Um, you've really the the, the the thrash specials have gone down really well. I had some really good positive feedback on those. Keep spreading the word. Keep doing what you're doing. I'll keep what I'm doing, doing what I'm doing, and we can all just keep doing what we're doing and enjoying ourselves. Hopefully, 2015 should be a uh, should be an awesome year. And it's time to finish off with um, a tune. Hang on. <coughs> to be honest, right, it's two o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm not hitting any more fucking Baileys because um, you know uh, that wouldn't be wise. So anyway. Um, I'm going to finish off now with a band I mentioned in my interview with uh, Craig LoCicero, um, uh, which is the Demonica project that he did with Hank Sherman from Merciful Fate. So um, uh, the album is, uh, well, the band is Demonica. The album is uh, Demonstrous. You can get it on, uh, well, the demonica.net is the website. You can get it from Massacre Records, uh, massacre-records.com. That's the CD, um, and um, and it's awesome. It is it's ten tracks of thrash from the mind of Hank Sherman, to borrow a phrase from Craig, um, and it's really cool. Um, and so here's a bit for you to check it out. Um, this reminds me a little bit of Violence in the Riffing Department, but um, but you can just tell Hank Sherman's guitar straight away, and uh, and it's really cool old school vibe as always. 
thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Uh, have a good new year. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, which basically leaves a way clear to do whatever you fucking like. And um, let's catch up in 2015. Happy New Year to all of you bollockers. Have a great one. See you next year. This is Demonica and Ghost Hunt. I've ever seen